turn with me in the book of Jonah, chapter number 2 this evening. The book of Jonah, chapter number 2. Everybody's going to think, we're stuck in those minor prophets. Well, uh, we're just preaching what the Lord lays on our hearts. Amen. But uh, I'm thankful that everything just kind of fits together. Jonah, chapter number 2, if you know your Bible... Uh, everything kind of fits together. What that song was talking about is there's been times that you feel like you've just been set to the side and you don't know what's going on. And, of course, Jonah knew exactly what was happening to him. But in the verses that you look at, in verses number one, two, three, uh, you look through, and he is amazed at how God is doing something in his life. But even further, we see that God still used even someone that would, had gone in the opposite direction. God turned him around and still used him for what is recorded in your Bible as the greatest revival in the Bible. People turned to God, hundreds of thousands of people turned to God because of the preaching of Jonah, and through the power of the Holy Spirit of God, and through the power of God, of course, as well. But if you look with me in your text verse, I just want to use really truly one verse as our text. Look with me in Jonah chapter number 2. In verse number 9, the Bible says, But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. But look at this phrase at the very end. Salvation is of the Lord. I love how God kind of puts it all together. And Brother John has already, Big John has already said that it's not the power that they preach in or that's the thing that they do or the words that they're saying, but it's not them themselves, but it's the power of salvation that is of the Lord, that people come to the Lord Jesus Christ. It is salvation that is of the Lord. When you look in this, and and Jonah's in a very uh, uh, odd predicament, a predicament that no one else on the face of this earth, earth has ever experienced. You can say at least one amen on that one. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to be swallowed by a great fish. I don't want to have to, hey, I'm telling you, I'd like to see that fish, but I wouldn't want to have to experience it. But when you see this, it's amazing to me how Jonah is in the midst of this, and yet he's still saying that salvation is of the Lord. You look at, look at verse number 1 with me. It says, then Jonah prayed. Well, those are the very first words. that There's a petition that he began to have, a petition that he gave. Now, I'll be honest with you. There's, Brother Richard, there's times in my life where I had to fall down on my knees and just start praying. There's situations that have been arose in my life that I just need to get down on my knees and begin to pray about. Of course, there's been other times where I haven't had time to get down on my knees. There's been times where I just had to start praying right then, right there, where I was, whatever was going on. I may have been having to pray when I was driving down the road. I may have been having to pray when I was sitting there talking to someone. Many times, Brother Joel, I've had to pray like Nehemiah did. God, give me the words to say to this person as I'm listening to what they're having to say or what they are saying. But yet there's a petition, and I thank God that there is a petition that we can give to the Lord Jesus Christ, that we can make to God, that He hears and answers our prayers. It's one thing, Brother John, for God to hear our prayer, but the God we serve answers our prayers. That that absolutely blesses me. You look in verse number 1, it says, Then Jonah prayed. But then look at verse number 2. There's not only a petition, real quickly, by way of introduction, but there's also the purpose of his prayer. What is the purpose of his prayer? In verse number 2, it says, And said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord. Now, there's a lot of times in our lives where there's afflictions that we go through, there's problems that we go through, and that 
brings us to our knees. If God doesn't let us go through valleys, we never experience those valleys, then we don't know what it's like to come up on a mountaintop. And sometimes when we begin to step away from God, sometimes we have to walk through and trudge through those little rivers that we have to cross. And sometimes we have to go through and climb that mountain that we can able to get out of that valley. We have to go through that desert time in our life. We have to go through that night season in our life. We have to go through those times. And because of the affliction that we're in the middle of, God puts in us a reason to be able to get get back to Him. There's a lot of times where I've had to just sit back and say, God, I'm sorry that I'm having to go through this, but God, I need you in the midst of this situation. To be honest with you, we need God in every situation that we are in. But there are certain situations when we find ourselves, we begin to find ourselves to where we're thinking, boy, God, I need you more today than I did yesterday. But then look with me in verse number 4 real quickly. And it says, Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Wow. Look at the perception of Jonah. The perception of Jonah real simply is simply this, that he thought that God had just forgotten all about him. He was in the middle of a, the, the sea. He was in the fish's belly. He was suffering through all of these things. And, 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 and I'll be honest with you, there's been times in my life where I thought that we're just at the end. Uh, there's no, I see no way out of this. I see no way to be able to get out of this situation. Uh, we're done for. This is it. Just stick a fork in me. Use whatever you want to use. One of those, I, I'm done. But yet, I'm, I'm sure that Jonah was thinking at that time, I'm done. I'm done for. I have, I have I've gone against God. God has placed me in this place and now I'm here in this place. And God has absolutely put me out and I'm out of His sight. He's absolutely forgotten about me. But oh, was He wrong. <laughs> and when we think that we are out of sight of the Lord Jesus Christ, when we think we're out of the sight of God, oh, how we are wrong because He is always paying attention to what we're going through and the situations that we're in the midst of. And I'm, I'm, I may feel like I am cast out, but that is just the perception that I had or I have in that situation. But look with me in verse number 7. Look through verse number 9. Then Jonah begins to praise. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee into, uh, into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. He began to realize that it's not about him. And when some Christians begin to realize that it's not all about us, and it's all about Him, then all of a sudden, business will begin to pick up. Things will begin to happen. God will begin to move because we begin to get out of the way and we begin to see. And I'll be honest with you, I feel like each and every one of us need to be a witness and need to be able to witness to others outside of this church and outside of when we go to the grocery store, when we go to the gas station, when we go to the doctor's office, when we go to wherever it is that you go to, you need to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And real quickly, before I get started into the message, I want you to look at verse number 10 with me. In chapter number 2 in the book of Jonah, chapter number 10, or verse number 10, excuse me. There is no chapter number 10 in Jonah, if you know your Bible, praise the Lord. Verse number 10, it says, And the Lord spake unto the fish. 
Jonah is in the middle of the, one of the biggest, uh, the biggest trial of his life. He is praying to God. And God don't talk to him. He spoke to the situation. Hallelujah. That blesses me. That I don't have to hear. God don't have to talk to me to deliver me out of what I'm in the middle of. You may think that you're praying and you're begging God and you're not hearing anything from God, but God may be working behind the scenes and you may not even hear a thing until all of a sudden you start getting pulled out of that situation. You say, well, Brother Shane, how do you know that you didn't, uh, that Jonah didn't hear from God and God didn't speak directly? Well, the Bible says that he spoke to the fish and I believe that the Bible doesn't lie because it's written by God that cannot lie. But then in verse number 1 and chapter number 3, look at that. It says, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. So there's no speaking to Jonah in the middle of it, but all of a sudden God gets him out of that situation. It's absolutely amazing what begins to happen. But then he realizes, most of all, the most important thing of everything is that I may be in the midst of a bad situation. I may be in the middle of uh, the worst uh, time of my life. But I am here to tell you that I know where salvation comes from. It's not from me preaching. It's not from me doing anything. It's not from me singing a song. It's not from a certain person getting up and doing a certain thing. All it is that salvation is of the Lord. And I believe with all of my heart that every Christian sitting here tonight, those of us that are joining by way of the internet, those that are sitting in churches all over the world tonight, they need to be a witness. They should make it a way of life to be able to be a witness into their life. I'll be honest with you, organized times are great to be able to go out and to witness and to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ, and they're great. But the best way for each and every Christian to be able to go out and be a witness is not set up a certain time, but to live your life every day in front of everybody that you ever come in contact with. And when you tell them about Jesus Christ, make sure you tell them that He is the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings and He's coming again. And the only way to heaven is by Him. The best way to be that witness is absolutely to be able to do that. I'll be honest with you, training a lot of times is overlooked. Uh, and sometimes we I've even tried to do training in the past. And some people want to look back and say, well, I don't really want to practice. I feel silly when I practice witnessing to somebody that already knows the Lord. But then that's why we, don't, we just get bumfuzzled and can't witness to somebody when we do know somebody that doesn't know the Lord. And we need to go through those times to be able to have it. The Bible actually tells us, study to show thyself approved. But I must say that evangelism is not salesmanship. Evangelism and and being a witness is not persuasion, rhetoric, or argumentation. The human aspect of witnessing is only part of the equation. When we begin to look at what Jonah did, Jonah went in an opposite direction. God delivered him and he realized that salvation was going to not be because he went and did what he was told to do, but because God told him to do it and he did. Uh, the Lord had prepared the way for him. God had done an amazing thing. First and foremost, our witnessing is a supernatural power, work of the Holy Spirit of God. And if the Holy Spirit of God is not working, we're going to have a hard time witnessing. But tell me a time that the Holy Spirit of God is not going to be working. Oh my. 
there's not a time that the Holy Spirit would say, well, not right now. I don't, I don't want to... I don't want you to witness to this person. No, the Word of God tells us. Jesus Christ Himself told us. God Almighty told us. You go out and tell everybody you come in contact with about the Lord Jesus Christ. You tell everybody. And you go and you tell them that the Lord Jesus Christ is the way to salvation. And that divine work of the Holy Spirit of God is going to come through every time and be accomplished through that. You say, Brother Shane, does that mean every time you witness to somebody, somebody's going to get saved? I cannot help what their decision is. And I cannot, you can not help what their decision is, but thank God that we have a Holy Spirit of God that's working through us and that we can witness and tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. When I begin to think about the lost people, I think about the people that need salvation and I think about them. Now, every one of these souls, every one of these people are spiritually blind, spiritually deaf, spiritually dead. Other than that, They're in good shape. And when you think about what those conditions are, those are in those conditions that they have, we're not the one that heals the blind. We're not the one that heals the sick. We're not the one that heals the lame. We're not the one that gives the, the, that, that, that blind or the deaf person their ears to hear or their eyes to be able to see. We're not the ones that raise them from the dead. But we serve the one that can and will raise them from the dead. You begin to think about that dependence upon the Holy Spirit of God. That is exactly what we need to do. And we need to depend on it so so much. And the, the souls that we have uh, that, that haven't experienced salvation cannot see until the Spirit of God begins to open their hearts and be open their eyes and begin to see what's going on. And it is up to the, us just to plant the seed. It's up to us to be able to tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's up to God to perform the real work. It's up to the Holy Spirit of God. But what kind of power do we have when we begin to look at the work that God is doing? What kind of power is it that we have at our disposable? The disposal of our power that we have, those are the ones that's right at our fingertips. And we, we can use a lot of things. We can think of a lot of things. But then all of a sudden, there's a power. How many of you remember Channel 5? Channel 5, years ago, their, uh, their slogan used to be what? Dedicated, determined... And what? Dependable. And I can tell you through the authority of the Holy Spirit of God, the authority of the Word of God, that the power that we have through the Holy Spirit of God is a dependable power that we can depend on every time. The Bible says in Jonah 2, 9, salvation is of the Lord. And God has promised that He would never leave us and He would never forsake us. That means that we can depend on Him no matter what the circumstances that we are in. I believe with all of my heart that if Jonah would have just came up and right on the shore and said, hey, the Lord Jesus Christ, or God Almighty is the one that saves, then I believe that through the Holy Spirit of God, if He willed to be able to have that time, that, 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 that that's all that Jonah would have had to do. But Jonah had to learn and to be able to go forward. Dependable is this defined thing that we have. It can be relied upon. We can be trusted. And I thank God that I have tried Him time and time again, Brother Earl. And I have found that the Holy Spirit of God has never let me down. God Almighty has never let me down. Praise God, Jesus has never let me down. Not one time, not ever, not ever in a way. But thank God that we have a constant source through the Holy Spirit of God. That dependable power, it's there every time. 
Now, I won't be honest with you. I, I, I love how uh, uh, our, our power sources, we pay those power bills, and we make sure that all that's going to be taking place. And then how many of you love an inch of ice here in Georgia, your power goes... How many of you have experienced that? Now, my wife, she does not like cold weather. She doesn't like cold weather at all. I don't know about y'all's wives. Maybe y'all like cold weather, but my wife, she does not love cold weather. If it's below 76 degrees, it's too cold for her. And I'm dying. But 76 degrees, well, I remember one of those times just a couple of years ago, that storm came through. We got a full inch of ice or snow or something. It was a little dusting of whatever we get here in Georgia. And now all of a sudden the power goes out. When the power goes out, Sister Heather looks at me and says, we got to have heat. I said, I cannot get power. That dependable power source that I thought, Brother Charles, was right there for me and I could depend on it through that. Those times, it all of a sudden left. So what does she do? She says, Brother Shane, she didn't call me Brother Shane, I won't tell you what she called me, but... But she says, I want you to go out to that garage. I want you to get that, that, that generator that you've got and you can hook it up to the furnace and we'll be able to have heat and we'll be able to get... So I did, Brother John, what did I do? Like any good husband, I said, yes, ma'am. I went down there to the garage. I got that generator out. Brother Richard, when I worked, I started working on that generator. All of a sudden, I found that something was wrong. It wasn't starting. So I pulled all the gasoline out of it, put new gasoline in it. Still wouldn't start up. Started working on it. I worked on that generator for three days. No power. Three days. I said, baby, I'm going to get it this time. I'm going to get it this time. Brother Robert, I promise you, I started that thing up. It started up. I, tur- I plugged the cord into the furnace. I said, boy, we're going to be good. Let's go down to the street. Let's get us some hot dogs. We'll cook it on the grill. Praise the Lord. We'll be in good shape. We go back. Brother Jerry, I promise you, when we got back, every light in the neighborhood was back on. I have found, though, that the constant source that we think that is in our power source that we have at our disposal is not always constant when we flip that switch. Maybe sometimes something gets in the way. But this power, <laughs> this power, all of a sudden when we're talking about a, we're talking about a completely different world. We're talking about a completely different realm. We're thinking about something else. What is it? The dependable power that we're looking at is the Holy Spirit of God that will be there every step of the way. Jesus has written and He has returned to glory and He has not left us alone in the Spirit of God that we have with us. He is with us every step of the way. You say, how do you get that, Brother Shane? Well, I'll go with you to John chapter number 14. In John chapter number 14, verse number 16, it says this, And I will pray the Father and He shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you, and I like what it says, forever. And then in verse number 17, it says this, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, but because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. 
So that is a constant power source that we have every step of the way. He'll never leave us, never forsake us. And when we go to witness, there is a constant power that's with us. But then also, not only is it a constant power that's a dependable power, but it's also a charging source, a charging source that we have every step of the way. You look through there and it says in Acts chapter number 1, verse number 8, book of Acts chapter number 1, verse number 8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be a witness unto me in both in Jerusalem and Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost parts of the earth. We have a power source that is with us. We receive that power source. Who? How? Why? Because God has promised that He'd give it to us. And it charges us up. I don't know about you, but I, boy, I get low sometimes. But then all of a sudden, I get down on my knees, Brother Jerry, or I, I get in that Word of God, and I get in my little study at the house, or get back there in that office back there, and, and I begin to spend a little time with God, and then all of a sudden, my batteries, hey... I don't know about your batteries getting charged up, but my batteries get charged up every once in a while. And all of a sudden, I'm ready to go and begin to tell somebody about Jesus Christ again and want to tell somebody how good God has been to me and how God has been so good to you, whether you realize it or not. Boy, it charges us up. And there's a source that needs no outlet for us to be able to have no connection to this world. But thank God, it's a source from on high. Thank God that it is the Holy Spirit of God. I think of that songwriter that says, I have a source when I am weak. Boy, I thank God that we have a a source. We have the blood. We have the Spirit of God. And it charges us to move forward step by step and day by day. Then also, number two, we have a directing power as well. Boy, it's dependable power, but thank God that it directs us as well. Remember that we're talking about salvation is of the Lord. I believe with all of my heart, before you go out to witness, you need to pray, God, who do I need to witness to? God, open the hearts of that person that when I begin to talk to them that you've already gone ahead and you've already started witnessing to them. You've already started pricking their heart. You've already started working in their heart already so long. But too many times, too many are talking about being led of the Spirit and we're only reciting empty words. When you begin to just recite words that you have heard, that's not going to... Be what? But the directing power of the Holy Spirit of God. There's a power in the Spirit that leads us to be able to be a surrendered vessel for the Lord Jesus Christ and certain for the service to be a witness. That is what we need to be able to, to say that, hey, I want you to direct me today. If you've never, uh, never uh, said one of those prayers, if you've never prayed that prayer that, God, I want you to direct me today, I want to challenge you tomorrow morning before your feet hit the floor. God, direct me. Put me in the direction that I need to be going in. Tell me who it is that I need to be talking to. That directing power that's going to lead me every step of the way. Lead me uh, one foot in front of the other. Lead me in the direction that I'm in. Uh, Galatians chapter number 5, verse number 18. I, I'll go through a bunch of verses here and you probably won't be able to keep up. But if, uh, but if, I, uh, but if I be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Is what Galatians 5, 6, 18 says. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, verse number 18 says it this way. But be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Now that verse I always talk about, so many people are talking about, well, alcohol and this and that and the other. Well, really, truly, it's talking more about the Spirit of God leading you than it is the alcohol that would lead you in a direction. I I thank God, I praise God that I have never had an experience where I have been drunk with wine or anything like that. I thank God for that. 
But I've been told that those that have done that, that, that all of a sudden that alcohol begins to lead them and guide them and push them in a direction and they would do things that they normally wouldn't do. But I can tell you this, if you let the Spirit of God fill you, floor all the way, all the way from toes to the crown of your head, then all of a sudden He is going to lead you and guide you and control you. Control is something that, that, that shouldn't be from the government or control shouldn't be from the church or the control shouldn't be from the home or the, the parent, but the leading, the control needs to take place from the Holy Spirit of God. And if people start having the Holy Spirit of God leading them, then the government's going to fall into place and the church is going to fall into place and the house is going to fall into place and the parents and the children and everybody else are going to fall into place. We need to have the Holy Spirit of God. When we let go of the steering wheel of a car, uh, there's things that, that don't, don't, don't seem to work right unless you have one of these new fancy cars that drives itself. We were, we, we've been working in this uh, issue with Heather. I, I, and most of you know Heather had a little accident and we had a, a car and, and, and one of those cars that we had, it started steering the steering wheel with me. I said, what is wrong with this demon-possessed vehicle? It was a Chevrolet. That's what I figured it was a problem. But, uh oh, now I'm just meddling. But when we let go of the steering wheel, we expect it just to go wherever it is. But we have somebody that'll lead us and direct us in the right direction. God is the one that'll do that. Then also, we have a living God. Thank God that we have a living God. I was reading this morning in Psalm 115 how it talks about how that He's not a God that has ears and can't hear and eyes that can't see. But thank God that He has eyes that He can see and He has ears that He can hear with. He has feet that He can walk with us and hands that He can hold every step of the way. And we need to live this life for the Lord Jesus Christ and live for Him and be led of the Holy Spirit of God. Living is actually to be an active or a blessed or having a vital power within itself. Living for Him and that living Spirit that we have, walking in the Spirit, is leading and guiding and directing us. Our walking should agree with our talk, by the way. Help us, Lord. What you live on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night, And those of you that come on the Wednesday morning service, what we live then should be the same thing that we live on Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Keep going, Lord. Keep going, heaven. Just help me. Lord, help me. When we begin to live in such a way where it's not, it it is contrary to what the Word of God is teaching, then it's going to really hamper our witness. People look, people see, but the Spirit of God is one that's that depending power, that uh, 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 dependable power. But then also it's a defending power. Thank God. Remember, we're looking, salvation is of the Lord. And I'll be honest with you, when you begin to witness to somebody, everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Why does a baby cry at an invitation time? Why is it that you begin to think at invitation time, now we need to get to the store and we need to buy this, that, the other, we need some milk. Why is it that your mind starts racing and whenever God begins to really move in a certain situation, then all of a sudden everything begins to, the onslaught of your mind. By the way, the mind is the devil's 
playground. And he wants to put everything that you can think about in your mind right then at at that time because he's trying to keep everything of God out. The enemy's going to try to do anything to keep you from witnessing. Distractions are going to come out of the woodworks. Babies are going to start crying. Phones are going to start ringing. Emails are going to start bombarding. Text messages are going to start blowing up and mount up on your phone. Emergencies are going to occur. But the Spirit of God can defend us from the attacks of the enemy. Thank God that He can defend us from this way. He's a protecting the Holy Spirit of God as well. The spiritual warfare that we are involved in is going to take a toll on each and every one of us. But there is one that we can depend upon every step of the way. And His name is Jesus. His name is wonderful. Thank God we have the Holy Spirit of God that can walk along beside of us every step of the way. It is the mark of the redeemed that we cannot, He cannot touch us. Thank God we threw that, that we have this. Uh, thank God that we have the enemy that is backing away from us. Why? Because we have one that can defend us. Defending power that's going to be protecting to us, but then also preparing us. Not only does he protect us, but he protects or prepares us, but he prepares those that we begin to witness to. I can't tell you how many times I've, I used to, I used to run a little heat and air business and I'd go into somebody and say, well, I got your air conditioner fixed and, and this is, you know, what's going on and this is what we're going to, this is what it's going to take to, to fix all this. And I've had people say, can I ask you a question? Sure. They begin to ask a question and then all of a sudden they, they're telling me about everything that's going on in their life, everything that's wrong in their life, the issues that they're having and the problems that they're having. And I'm thinking, I'm just here to fix your air conditioner. But then something Brother John inside of me says, how do you know I didn't break their air conditioner to get you in this place at this time to tell these people about me? Y'all may think I'm crazy. But I have witnessed to more people standing in their living rooms after fixing a furnace or an air conditioner than you'll ever believe. Why? Because God in my everyday life, now God has me in a completely different role. And thank God I don't get in 130 degree attics anymore. Hallelujah. And I don't get in crawl spaces with snakes anymore either. And by the way, the Bible says nothing good about serpents. But I've had, I've had all those many opportunities. Why? Because God opened that door. Now you say, Brother Shane, you're a preacher. You're, you're doing this every day. You go out, you get to tell people about Jesus Christ. I do, but you too do. You, you do too as well. In your life, whatever you're going through, whoever you're coming in contact with, The Holy Spirit of God, the same one that's with me, is the same one that's with you. And he gives you the same power. He still has the same dependability that I have on him. He still gives the same constant source that he'll give to you. He gives it to me just like he gives it to you. Brother Tag, 
tomorrow I bet you that somebody's going to walk up to you and want to know about Jesus. And I thank God that you'll be ready to tell them. You think about it. Brother Steve, somebody may walk up to you. You may go into the store and somebody may need to know about Jesus and you can tell them about Jesus. Why? Through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. How do we grow a church? Call people from other churches and tell them to come to our church? No. How do we grow a church? We go out and we tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. Y'all with me? Don't, don't, don't go shocking all with me now. Go tell them about Jesus Christ. Let them know that God loves them. Get them saved and get them to church then. I believe with all of my heart that if the people, the group of people in this sanctuary tonight that got dedicated to say, I want to witness to somebody this week, before Saturday night, the sun falls. I want to tell somebody about Jesus Christ and I want to get, invite them to come to church. If the people here tonight would do that, look what we would have. If, if you invited one person, look at the number that we already have. And we double that. And then the next week when it comes around, what do we do? It doubles that. And the next week, boy, thank God that you say, Brother Shane, that's impossible. Brother John, the Word of God tells me it's not. The Word of God tells me that nothing is impossible with God. So my challenge to you tonight is this. Go tell somebody about Jesus Christ and depend upon the power that the Holy Spirit of God has given to you as a child of God. I wonder if some of us might just want to gather around this altar this evening and say, God, I, I hadn't witnessed in a long time, but I, I want that power. I want to depend on you. It may not be that you've even gone for a long time and haven't witnessed to one, but you just may want to get in this altar and say, God, give me somebody this week. Let's stand all over the building. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. For